Welcome back to Megan's Old Office here at Dundee Presbyterian Church in Omaha, Nebraska. My name is J.D. Gorlett. I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee Presbyterian Church, and as I always do, I introduce to you the lovely and talented uh, Keith Holmes, <laughs> who is the director of you know, Children's and Jonathan, Fam- Jonathan, uh, our engineer, could we add, like, fake applause at that point? The Hooray. lovely and talented Keith Holmes, and here are all of these. Hooray. For Keith. Oh man, you just, you just his, said it, and that's usually what happens on those talk uh, shows. There's I, I, a cheering, you know, clapping. Thing. I I think I used the word talented correctly there and accurately there, but lovely, lovely. Mm. I'm a re- lovely human being. You want to rethink that one? I'm a lovely, uh, lovely human we being. We really, Keith and I, just love talking about uh, scripture, and that's what we've been doing, and we will continue to do with you. We read scripture for you. We talk about scripture, and in this uh, segment of uh, Megan's old office, this installment or set of installments. Uh, we've been talking about the book of Genesis, and this is our sixth episode. And uh, so check out the previous five. We're, uh, we're going to be talking to you about chapter 11 right. of Genesis, the first nine verses, and then the first nine verses uh, of chapter 12 today. So get your Bibles out and, and get and, ready for that. And I just want to say to those of you that are good at math, that we are not doing every book, every chapter right. of the book of Genesis, right? We, because, like for example, as as JD pointed out to us here in the interim, here the the, the chapter ten is a list of names, right. and although very important, right? If you're wondering names, why we didn't do Genesis chapter five, and if you're wondering why we didn't do chapter ten, just go ahead and read them, and you'll probably get a good sense of like why what we would did, we talk about. Well, well we're going to talk know, about half, half an hour of why Uncle Fred's not listed. We did not do that. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, we are not doing word for word the whole book chapter of for chapter. We're but, really, but we are hitting the I think what I consider very very high points, very high the highlights. Right. Maybe not the high points because obviously the last two weeks was not a high point in humanity, right? With the flood and the you know and today what important be, points, but very, very important, important, very important. And the book of Genesis is fifty chapters long. It's going to take us a little while, but it's a great mm-hmm. journey. Golly, it, so far it, so good. A study of Genesis just fills the, the heart and the mind and it just challenges us it's amazing well, that it does aren't so. you aren't you also in in our wednesday night program here here at dundee um you're going to be studying the book of job yes which i always find to be a horrible study because it always <laughs> seems like god is preparing me for some from for something that's you know that's bad is going to happen because, you know, we talked about this a little last week. When are you most in step with God? And it's usually after I come to the realization that, you know, I, haven't been, I haven't been in step with him and now something horrible's happened. And I always feel that way about Joe. Like God's about to do that. So just, you know, if you're listening to this as it freshly comes out, hurry on Wednesday nights to listen to JD's conversation. If you like these, you're going to love Wednesday nights and oh, the book of Job. So there we go. Un- unofficial plug there for you programming. Shameless plug Shameless. For Wednesday plug night for our six, Wednesday uh, night six thirty, and you can join us on Facebook Live. That's true. Uh, to open up this uh, study of chapters eleven and uh, twelve in Genesis, I, I wonder when were you ever chosen, Keith, for something special to well, do something special? When you came to my office and asked me to do this podcast. There with you, you go. No, right. no but well, seriously, yeah, I mean, and it is, it is. This is a special thing. But I'm thinking, you know, I of course went immediately to my calling into ministry because God came and said, Keith. I don't want you to be a project manager at a large corporation anymore. I don't want you to just kind of teach the Bible. I want you to do this full time. And you talk about the honor and blessing it bestows, but the absolute abject terror that I felt when that calling happened to me because, you know, so 
I, I don't know. I I feel that's like my most yeah obvious moment of being picked up. You know, uh, but then again, you know, you also I also think of you know that that my wife said yes. I I asked her, but she chose to say yes, and now I'm a part of something wonderful in a marriage. Right. right. Um. You know, <laughs> I love you, honey, and and whatnot. But oh my gosh, just. There's so many things I can't, you know, but like I said, I think I had to take the top one there, and that was my calling into full-time ministry. Yeah, and I you? think as, well, you? I mean, as a, yeah, you you took my answers. Uh, ah, but, uh, there we go. To be in, in ministry and to be chosen uh, to be a pastor at Dundee and, and the other places that I've been that have been incredible blessings uh, to me and to my family, and it's just very humbling. Uh, but then it, it is interesting about being married and then also having kids. Is this something that we did? Mm. Or did God? I love the idea that that I didn't choose, and my wife didn't choose me, and I didn't. Cho- we were blessed with each other. We were given to each other by Th- God. That is true. Oh, yep. And that these children, your uh, two beautiful daughters, and and my three uh, uh, children, uh, that w- they were given to us, and it w- with the idea of I'm going to give you these people with the responsibility of loving. I'm going to give you the responsibility of of and the special blessing of loving these people. Amen. Uh, what an awesome thought that is! Not that I created it, but that God brought it and and chose me for a, a, a yeah. special lifetime task of loving my wife and loving my kids. Uh, it's an overwhelming thought. So you, you know? bring up the point that you didn't choose her and she didn't choose you, but you were both given by God to each other by God. But so on the opposite side of this coin, when did you appoint yourself to something special, yeah. and how did it go? Yeah, right. No, uh, I have something in mind that I really can't mention of a professional nature where I really felt like I chose to do something to go in a direction professionally that that wasn't the right thing didn't recognize that and it, it went about the way that it was supposed to and and uh, that that you would imagine when we when we do that when we appoint ourselves for something without consulting God and, and taking the road that he wants and and uh, so we're talking about that both chapter 11 is it is a chapter of the it's the story of the Tower of Babel and then and then chapter twelve is the calling uh, of of Abram uh, of Abram to relate covenant relationship with God. So, and we so are, we're really talking about this. We're talking in eleven people choosing their own right special. Project. We are special, therefore here we go. Right, right. And then uh, an individual being chosen, the complete difference there. Yep. And and so that's what we're talking about today. And I think I think you and I have touched on a little bit. I think most people can identify and look over their history and say, here was a deal where something special came into my life. I was chosen for this. And here's something else. And there's quite often a very fine and indiscernible line between the two Mm -hmm. where I just manufactured that for myself, feeling entitled to that in in this project, whatever it might be. uh, And and that did not go well. Because, no, because it, I because yeah. I forced it down God's throat, right? If you will. Uh, uh, or somebody else's throat, and God did not honor it. Right. That's the thing. You know, uh, we we've covered it over the last couple of weeks, especially with Noah. God is in every moment of our lives. He isn't. He, there are no surprises. We're not lost in the crowd to God. Right. And 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 He sees us whether we're alone or in a crowded in a crowded situation. God knows us and knows who we are and where we are at all times. So as you as we go through our lives, that's that should give us a peace, but it should also give us a, a, a reverent awe to know we're we're accountable for every moment. Right, and right. so so here we have a bunch of people that think they're above reproach all that in a bag of and chips. a bag of chips. Right. So 
uh, we're going to read, again, this is going to come from chapter 11 of Genesis, and it's just the first nine verses, one through nine. And while I'm reading, as always, I want you guys to, to be thinking about a question, you know, kind of putting yourself in the story, putting, getting involved here. What do you notice about the tower and how God reacts to okay. it. So I want you to be thinking about that, J.D. I want yeah. you, to, our listeners, gentle listener, and I am going to read Genesis 11, 1 through 9. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as they migrated from the east, they came upon a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and butamen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we shall be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. The Lord came down to the city and the tower which mortals had built. And the Lord said, Look, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language there, so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Wow. Yeah. So, what what about this tower? Yeah. It's interesting. It's a big tower. They get a long ways away from it, and, and still God, as great and high as the tower is, as far as they get into the project, I find it to be fascinating that God still has to come down yeah. in order to see it. <laughs> it's just good. I was so as he, he comes down, let's go down and see this thing that they're doing. And, it, yeah. and, and it's, a, it's a bad project because it's going to be something that, that separates them in their arrogance from God. We can talk about that in a little while. But mm -hmm. as great as this human project is, this is the greatest project that up to this point in human history, and God has to descend. He has to come down in order uh, just to, to uh, see it. It's common for people to see this story, the Tower of Babel, and think, well, God is somehow threatened by this. God reacts to this because he's threatened by this. He's lost control. God's not threatened by anything. What, what is reality here is, is that uh, he, he acts the way and reacts the way he does because uh, they're at risk of, of, of committing themselves to a way of life, to a project, to a mentality about themselves that is going to succeed only in separating them completely and totally from God. And God isn't going to have that. He, he isn't going to al al allow that to happen. So please don't read this story and say, oh, well, uh, human beings are doing this great project and God is all insecure and threatened and he can't handle the competition. No, this is a deal where the, the, the people are, are, are going to self-inflict wound themselves. Right. They're going to inflict a uh, a wound upon themselves, and, and and it's going to be something that's going to permanently separate them from God, and so God uh, acts in such a way as to make them dependent upon Him, and uh, we can talk more about that. Yeah, very, very, that's these a are fascinating reaction to that. Yeah, as, as you yeah. see that, as you say that, you know, because yeah, how easy is it for us as the readers today to say, well, God was God was scared. 
Right. God wasn't scared. Right. God, you know, and I guess having having just talked about the flood over these last few weeks, you know, kind of it, it, that's in my mind. It's like, yeah, don't forget, folks, if you haven't heard those, go back and listen, because God covered the earth in water, right. covered the highest mountain to 15 cubits more of water. And that's a lot, by the way. I, 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 I forgot the exact measurement, but a cubit is, 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 is a, a substantial of amount yeah. of, of water all over the earth. So so here's this mighty God who has done this who's, who, and, and through his grace has saved Noah. And his descendants, or he gets off with his kids and generations pass, and now here we are again. Here we are again with this. Here we are again. God has to, and what I know again, God has to come down to see this little arrogant project of ours. Right. And then another thing that stands out to me, Keith, is he comes down to see the tower and he's sitting there watching them work Mm -hmm. and they don't even notice that God is there. Right. We don't know the nature of that and all that kind of stuff, but I don't know. That just stands out to me in your, to your question, what stands out to you about the tower and how God reacts to it. That was your question. Yes, it was. And so here's God looking at it, and here we are working, and we're not even thinking about God while he's standing right next to us. That just really shakes me to my foundation, and it causes me to question how many times. Am I doing this job as senior pastor of Dundee Presbyterian Church under the mentality that God isn't sitting right next to me watching yeah. what what I'm what I'm doing, they don't even notice that he that he's there, and they're pursuing this this project, um, and they don't even notice that the spirit in which they are pursuing that project is is not holy. It's not dedicated. Uh, well, that, to God at all. That you know brings me to my next question to, for you. Then is what is their motive? What are the actions of the people? What do they do? And then, but more importantly, what is their motive? And I think you started talking a little bit about that. So let's expand on that. What What are the motives of the people that are building this? Well, they're really dedicated, aren't they? I mean, they're they're going to make this. They're going to make this huge, huge tower. They're dedicated to this huge project so that they mm-hmm. can have this this uh, tower in the heavens uh, as high as it, it, it the, their motive is is to compete with God their assumption is that they can get to where God is get yep. to a place where that only God can occupy that right. they don't need God's help they're motivated by these things to actually do things without God's help I, again I put myself into the story I don't know about you Keith but you know I'll just speak personally about being a pastor in my own personal experience, I, I am very susceptible to this. I'm very susceptible oh, yeah. to, to the mentality of doing this job, waking up in the morning and saying, I've got to build the tower today. Right. I, that is Dundee Presbyterian Church. Right. That is my career. That is, uh, uh, you know, my project in, in, in my sermon, in my Bible study, or, 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 or my podcast. I have to be this, 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 and this. I can go a long way down that road without giving God a thought at all about what God is trying to do through me. I don't. I am I raise your hand. I, I, am I the I, only one who's going to lift here? that right up there? I mean, I'm your reaction rip. to that, you know? I, and that is exactly it. It's especially in ministry, but I mean, I and again. I, I had the joy of 15 years of, of work in the corporate of corporate America and corporation life, and that's a place where you really lose track of God because right. you're being told you need to get this done on deadline, you need to do these things, and and there is no talking of God. I right. think that and that we're not God's not being brought to the forefront in anything. None of the things that we that that I remember doing. 
you know, were for the glory of God or were produced, you know, with the intention to glorify God. It was, here's what we need to do to, com- to, to make to make money for the shareholders. Here's what we need to do for the employees here. Mm. You know, it's, it was, it's very man centric. So yeah, human centric. So very much a, a thing where, yeah, we need to, we need to put God in everything. And that was very difficult for me. I, I would do it, especially as I was teaching on Sundays, the kids. So throughout the week I was preparing my lessons. So God was more in the forefront there, but there were people that I know called themselves Christians that you couldn't tell. Right. Monday to Friday that they were a Christian. It just and stands so. out to me from the story how easy it is for us to take God completely out of the equation of what we're yep. doing and not even notice that that's what we're doing. So. You know, that that's one of the things that really as far as the two questions you asked right. about what do I notice about the tower yeah. and what do I notice about their motivations and, yeah. and their ultimate so they're just you know goals is that taking they, God out of the they, they, they've removed God from this yeah. whole project that this is a huge project this is the focus of all their efforts of their, right. of all their all resources. of mankind more uh, is exactly. the implication of, of the Bible of all their, of mankind has gathered now of their know-how of their resources of their skills completely dedicated to this and they've removed God completely how easy it is for us to do the exact what, same thing y- you would expect God to prepare another flood, wouldn't you? I yeah. mean, had he not laid down his bow, he, you would expect God to say, you know what, that's it. These yeah. guys, I'm done. Yeah. I'm sorry, Noah. We tried. We're it just go didn't with work. Two, two strikes and you're uh, out. Uh, yeah. So then he doesn't. He he blesses them. And I know that's an interesting statement for some people to think, whoa, Keith, what do you mean he blesses them? And I'm going to interrupt it, you here yeah. because forgive me for interrupting no, you, but fine. again, we go back to this Old Testament, this whole thing about, oh, Old Testament God's really wrath, mean, wrath mean. and all this kind of yeah. stuff. But we're about to see, but I'm going to cue you up with this next oh, question. Yeah. Like, I know where you're going. I'm reading your mind. He's going to bless them. But in this story, as we read it on paper, we're looking at him acting in wrath and anger right. by confusing their language. What's your question? So is how does he bless them? I think he blesses them by confusing their language. Absolutely. Is I, he being gracious or is he being wrathful? Is he being merciful? I don't see it as wrathful when right. we talk about it, right? Because, yeah. yeah, I mean, you can construe it as being mean, but that's, again, imposing our human sentiment on God, saying he was threatened by them. He was scared of them. Right. So he... Guys, if he was threatened by them, he couldn't have confused their language. Right, right. There was nothing threatening about these humans to God. Right. He had to choose a course of action, or he made a course of action happen, and that was he confused their languages, and they started speaking different languages to each other and realized they couldn't do this anymore. Again, I, th- I kind of bring it back to one of the conversations we had about how do we know when we're in step with God? These people started start realizing now they're in step with God again. They're going to be made to be put in step with God because they had gone off course. Right. They had started drumming their own drums, starting marching to their own drums, whatever you want, cliche, insert cliche here. And God brings them back into step with him through this. Bottom line is if he confuses, if, if, if confusing their language is going to bring them, cause them to be in dependent relationship with God, mm-hmm. then he's blessing them. Right. He's blessing us when he does it. If he if he causes suffering or difficulty in our life, that brings us closer to God, yep. more dependent upon God. That's a blessing. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. I was just going, man. But it's a blessing. It it's is. It's a blessing. It's not what we want. It's not what they wanted to have their language confused. Right. But it made them more dependent upon God. That's the only way this relationship uh, can work. Absolutely. It can't work 
the relationship can't possibly function where God is dependent upon us. That right. It can't possibly function Amen. that way Amen. by nature. So he confuses their language, and we can look at that and we say, well, look at how insecure God is, how wrathful and angry God is. Nope. No, he's blessing us into being dependent on him. And we don't want that. And he made us in his image. So continue to remember, we are in His image. Right, we're, we're the creature, not yeah. the creator. We've said one of that the, before. You and know. one of the things too, I think, as well, um, and there's no indication for this in the Bible because it says simply that He just confused their language. But because He's a loving and and wonderful God, I think I personally believe that they, He did not make an individual language for every single person. That he rem- that he allowed us to remain in community because I believe either two or a group of people would be speaking the same language. They just couldn't communicate with the others. Right. Because God doesn't want us alone. He wants us in community with one another, and that community to be in relationship with Him. Right. So uh, again, and He gave us the great blessed opportunity to ca- talk across languages to, right. to 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 struggle to communicate. With people who didn't speak, which we've achieved right. and, and we still struggle with today, uh, it, it creates a completely different d- dynamic that, that makes us dependent yep. and, and, and forces us to, to love across those differences. And I want to say real quick before we move on to Genesis 12, because I know we're, we want to get on to that, but I also noticed that they said, if we don't do this, we'll be scattered across the earth, and face of the earth. Were. And then they were yeah. because it was God's plan. So, guys, when you're working for something, ask yourselves, be in prayer, be constant, you know, asking constantly, is this God's plan? Because eventually his plan will win out, even if it's not what you want. Now we're going to move on to chapter. Don't do that yet. Wait, nope. we're going to we're going to you know, I want to do something fun because oh. I, here on Megan's old office, you know, we're moving to chapter 12 and we always want to have noises off, as they say in the theater. You right. know, and, but Keith and I are terrible at this, you know, our yep. our watches bang on the desk. Yeah. Now we're going to move to chapter 12 and that's going to require us to turn pages in the Bible and we never, so let's make as much noise there as we, we go. possibly rattle, can. Rattle. Here we are. All right, we're turning to chapter 12. All there we go. Right. We, 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 you don't know how much time we spent and effort we spend trying not to make noises in the background. We fail at it all the time with glasses and things hitting the, and all this kind of stuff. Oh, my favorite is unprofessional. I thought we just embraced the yeah, there you noise. Go. My favorite there. is when I accidentally bang it uh, and the arm because we, you know, the microphones are sitting in front of us and and the springs do that yeah, that you noise go. and you're like, oh, they must be playing instruments. There you there. go. All right, so we're in chapter twelve. We're gonna verse the read the first nine verses of Genesis chapter twelve. First, yeah, first Cue nine verses. Up, man. And then real quick. Um, your question that I want you to be thinking about is what commands and promises does God give to Abraham? I know if you've been listening and following along, we had we had um, Noah have a covenant without anything, but now we're coming to Abram and who will be Abraham. So um, listen to the commands and co- of this covenant. All right, here we go. Chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran, 
Abram took his wife Sarai and his brother's son Lot and all the possessions that they had gathered and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran, and they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place of Sheshem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved on to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and invoked the name of the Lord. And Aram journeyed on by stages toward the Negev. Very good. A lot of wild words in that one. Yeah. I hope I, I, I'm sure all of our Bible scholars listening were are probably saying, "Wow, those were some bad pronunciations." So, um, but the point being, what commands and promises does God give to Abraham? A lot of things. I mean, it's, it starts with God saying, "Go, just go." You know. Uh, he, he's and go to a land that I will show you. He doesn't say go to Omaha. He doesn't go say go to this map coordinate. He just says go. Go to a land that I will show you. I want to focus on that because this is quite often what God does. Go. Uh, where am I going? Man, I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, well, what am I going to do? I'll tell you. Uh, what's going to? I'm going to tell you. What yeah. should I take? Yeah, just take what you got. Uh, yep. And go. Uh, this is the command. And then he makes a lot of promises uh, of, I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to give you all these descendants. Uh, see where the, these other people are living. This is going to belong to you, this land of, uh, of Canaan. Uh, he's going to a place. The commands that he gives, uh, the promises that he gives uh, are, are remarkable because he gives commands that are uh, you know, lacking in specificity. For me, I want more information. And he gives promises that are a long way, many, many years, many, many generations from ever actually happening. Get ready. Yeah. This is how God does. And it's so, it's so interesting because here we have chapter 12, just out of the blue. Yep. Here comes God with this guy, Abram, who has previously never, he's not been mentioned. There's no part of the story no. up to this point. And now all of a sudden we are completely starting a, a completely a new section in the, in, in, in the entire Bible that is going to continue on for eternity uh, in the redemptive story, yeah, in the, in the story it. of God's redemption of, of, the of beginning human beings. Of, of that. Yeah. So uh, it's, it really is remarkable what, what God commands and what God promises. I, I find what's fascinating too is, is if you put two and two together in this is that God said your offspring will have this land. And then he goes on to mention that, that, um, that uh, he takes Sarah, Abram takes Sarai, Sarah, ultimately right. his wife, and that he is 75 years old. Yeah. Now, I'm guessing at that time you got married when you were 14, 15 years old, like most you know, most of the, the times that we, we hear about through the Bible. So for the last 60 years, they've been married with no children. Hmm. And this is a promise that God makes your offspring. That had to perk up his ears, as, and if Sarai was involved her ears too, because that was a promise that he hadn't fulfilled yet. Right. It would have perked up his ears because it would have been something that he would want. Right. That, that Abram and, and, and Sarai would would have wanted. 
uh, and desired in their heart, but it also would have caught their attention from the impossibility of it all. I mean, I don't know how old they were when they got married. Yeah, uh, that's true. They're married for 50 years. Whatever. Whatever. It's been 75-year-old man. He, he, that the we point know. that stands out is that God is making them a promise that can't possibly happen, even at this point. And right. the baby that's the promised child that's going to come, who is Isaac, is not going to come for another 25 years. Right. I mean, this is the nature of the conversation, the nature of the command and promise that God... God gives to Abram. Get used to it. This is how God works. He works according to his own will. You and know? how frightening is that? What about all of this would be the most frightening for you, JD? And then I'll answer it for me. But yeah. because this is something that let's face it, you're you're 75 years old and you're being told eventually you'll have a kid. You don't know it's gonna be in 25 years, but you're going to have a kid and and you're thinking already, at least I would be thinking. Holy Moses! I'm I'm well. He he wasn't around back then. Holy Abraham! I'm I I'm 75. What am I going to do with a baby? Right. You know? There's a lot of things that would be frightening about this. It, 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 going back to it, go to a land that I will show you. I'm going some. I don't even know where I'm going. That's the most frightening I'm, I'm, I'm thing to you. And right. Well, I mean, right now I sit here at my stage of life. And I, one of the lies that I tell myself is that I know where I am and that I know where I'm going. And mm-hmm. and. And the truth of the matter is, is that those are just guesses. I mean, where I didn't see COVID coming <laughs> right here uh, a year ago. Right now, I didn't see. We this were coming. getting ready for so Christmas. Begs the question of where we're. You know what's. You know what is a year from now? What's five years from now in my life? I'm telling myself what I'm getting. You know, delusioned on on uh, what I'm telling myself is coming, uh, but God is still. Commanding me to a land that he will show me that only he knows that that uh, that I can't see that when I think about that mm-hmm. for Abram's sake or for my own that's that's rather un uh, that is rather unsettling uh, to me and and uh, but it is reality it is the truth isn't it yeah you know? absolutely I I myself you know I. I I'm a little more flexible. Uh, God says, go, don't worry. I'll, I'm going to, I'll tell you when you get there. I probably wouldn't have that nearly as much as when I got there. Right. Because now I have, now I'm here and God shows me, you know, the people in this land, don't worry, they're going to be gone. Man. What do you mean, God? All of a sudden, all the nitty gritty details start cropping up in my head. And I'm like, well, what am I going to have to do? What are you, what are you promising? What am I going to do? You know, what's a command? What's a promise? What's, what are you going to do? What am I going to have to do to do it? All of a sudden, I'd be standing there at the edge of Canaan and saying, I, I, frozen in, in that moment and in that time, because I've overanalyzed everything, right? <laughs> paralysis I, I, para- by analysis. Exactly, analysis paralysis. Because here, because yeah, God said go. I've and now, granted, we don't. Again, we don't know what Abraham Abram's backstory is here. Had he already experienced God to the point when God comes to him and says, "Go, leave your right. home and everything like that," he was able to do that easily. Probably not. My guess is no. It was freaking him out too. But me, I would be the one that got to where I was going, going, okay, God, let's go this way. Okay, let's go that way. All right, we're going to go where, you know, right. I'm a little bit easier to get around, lead by the nose, so to speak. But in the end, when I get to where God has me, because it was the same thing coming here to work at church. It was, okay, now I've got to do this, this, you know, and all of a sudden the things, and I, again, 
over what we've been talking about these last half hour and before, I'm losing track of God in all of it that I have. It makes done. me wonder how many times I have assigned God to something that I have done. I went somewhere, I did something somewhere, and then ex post facto, I said, well, God did this. Right. And then how much of my life is a deal where God truly led and I followed? Right. You know, where sometimes I... Quite often, I think I'm guilty of, of, well, I did this, I did that, and, you know, God did that, you know, when I, you know, uh, I I don't know that for sure. I can't say that definitively. And we're almost done here with this episode, and I want, and it's too bad because we got more to talk about. I can just sense that, but Abram, we can surmise that Abram's relationship with God has changed. Uh, We don't know what kind of relationship that Abram had with God before, but they're hitting the road together now. They're going to be in relationship with each other every single day. Uh, he's going to be experiencing, we're going to talk about this in subsequent episodes, of how this relationship unfolds, how un- how faith unfolds and trust unfolds for Abram with God. Uh, he's going to be pushed to his limit, and then he's going. Abram's going to be pushed by God past his limit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so his relationship is going to change, revealing the fact that God is just not satisfied with leaving Abram where he was. He wants to, and with us. He, and he, with us. That was he, the important, yeah. He wants us to experience uh, the, all the ins and outs, up and ups and downs of relationship with him. You know? And that's it. If you if you have a personal relationship in your life with, with someone special that you've gone ups and downs with and you know, that's what God wants with us too. Yeah. He, and he, he doesn't need it. That's the other thing. He doesn't need it. He wants it. That's the desire of his heart. That's his desire is to be with us. You know, I I speculate that that Abram, before chapter 12, Abram lived for these 75 years, and Mm -hmm. and God was a concept to him, as it is true for most people in the world. Okay, Mm -hmm. God is an idea, a theory, or a concept. But now, from here on, there's going to be a purpose. There's going to be a direction. There's going to be interpersonal relationship between Abram what a, and, and God. What a difference that is for people to go from God being a concept, a theory, an idea, to being real relationship. Yeah. That's what is being birthed here. Pay attention to that as it unfolds in the next several chapters. And, you and know? real quick, I want to leave. I want to leave my 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 lead pastor and friend here with the idea or the the question. So did did Abraham deserve this? No. Did Abram do something no. to do this? this so com- then, yeah, this is complete election. Uh, this is this is God just reaching into a person's life. And choosing uh, to, to, to change the entire direction of the individual's life. So you know? remember that, gentle listener, as we There's close nothing today. In here. I mean, honestly, uh, you know, I'm a Calvinist, and, yeah. and you know, I ring yeah. that bell quite a bit, but it's, you know, you're not going to, this is not a deal where Abram lives such a, and nor was it for Noah, where, hey, you earned this. Right. I, God said, I owe you this, Abram. I owe you this, Noah. And never is that said, because it's not true. And again, this is the God of both the Old and the New Testament. This is our one true right. God. And just unchanging. Unchanging, yeah. unchangeable. And what a wonderful, wonderful way for us to experience him in the Old Testament as well as the New. So dig in, uh, read those read those chapters we haven't talked about. We talked yeah. about a little bit. Yeah, learn the names of all those people if you'd like. Right. But in the end, none of them deserved God's grace as we and don't. Nor as, do we. Us. That's the nature of grace. Or as it wouldn't be grace. Amen. Well, this has been uh, Megan's old office. We went over a little bit, but, you know, we do that from time to time. Yeah, sitting we in the digress. parking lot outside the office probably wasn't a bad idea. That's you not know, such a bad idea. Yeah. We enjoy having you with us. We'll be back next week with another ep- episode of Megan's Old 
old office, we will see you, or we will be in your presence then. <laughs> I don't think we'll actually see you. Probably not. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office, brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash dpcomaha or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at megansoldoffice at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.